Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Yourself podcast where we are discussing ways of cultivating personal sovereignty during these transitional times. I want to just take a moment to thank the patrons of this podcast. Your energy and support help keep this project growing and expanding into new territory, and I so greatly appreciate you. If you want to learn more about the benefits of becoming a patron and join this growing community, visit patreon.com slash liberate yourself. Okay, this transmission is buzzing with high conscious energy thanks to my guest Kelly Rowland of When the Stars Aligned. Kelly found the wisdom of Mayan astrology and human design which helped her awaken to her own sovereignty, and now she assists others with discovering their purpose with these esoteric systems. We discuss how human design gives us a practical way to navigate and manifest our daily lives, the evolving nature of entrepreneurship for the Aquarian age, and the intense quantum pocket of energy we are feeling held in in this linear year of 2019. I'm still buzzing from this conversation with Kelly, and I know you'll be stimulated too, so let's get to it. I've been so looking forward to talking with you. You have no idea. And I know a lot of other people are as well, because you've been giving out some really inspiring messages through the systems that you use. And also just personally, the messages that are coming through you, like they've been so inspiring and so in line with where I've been in my journey and where I know a lot of other people are. So thank you. Thanks for sharing this space with me. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. I I feel really honored and excited and just up, open for anything. Cool, cool. <laughs> just to give some context to our conversation, instead of, you know, introduce yourself, I like people to explain a little bit about their most recent journey, because I think that that's where all of us are. We've been going through this personal journey of awakening and coming to know ourselves in the recent years. If you wouldn't mind sharing that story of how you came to be where you are now and studying the beautiful systems that you do. Yeah, so the most recent journey, I would say, that got me to where I am now, it's like the journeys just keep folding into each other, to be honest. And I think that's part of this, of the path. When you choose to learn more about yourself, you find that it's just this onion and it just keeps peeling and peeling. And I would say the most recent one was, there's a whole history of my life and my childhood, but when I left America initially, I was... 17 and I just had this different calling pulling my soul and it was wild and rare and crazy and out of you know out of any logical mindset and I just listened to it and I went across the world on a one-way ticket and in that experience of really trusting my heart listening to my heart my intuition and experiencing just these locations and these people that I dreamed were possible with that expansion and that freedom also came some deep healing. (laughs) It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. yes, you can have this freedom, but you can't run away from the things that want to be healed. And that's where these systems started pouring into my life. It's like, I couldn't avoid them. I kept seeing the the books everywhere. People would come up to me and talk about it. I'd have dreams about it. And I was like, okay, clearly there's something here. And then in my interpersonal connections, I realized, ah, yes, you can have the freedom, but the healing actually brings the freedom. So I really found a calling and an affinity with the systems of mind astrology, first and foremost. And then human design came shortly after. And astrology has always been there. Just as tools for my own deeper transformation, Mm -hmm. uh, which happened through healing what was already there and making space for the new to come in. So it's really been a journey of my own personal empowerment. And then I've seen how much I've been able to experience. And I just want to ripple that out to others. Yeah, I feel like that is the key. Like that's the pattern. I feel like what we're all doing with healing ourselves and then sharing in and of itself helps so many people. And that's why I wanted, that's why I started the podcast. And that's why I'm really happy that you're here with me so we can (laughs) share even more. Tell me more about Mayan astrology. I had to ask you about Mayan astrology because I was not familiar with it at all. So if you, I realize it's very complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
But if you could please give us an overall, an overview of the system and sort of how you came to, uh, to study it as well would be really interesting. Yes. So I'll start with how I came to study it because that's a nice little way to build into what it's really about. Um, Human design came into my life in 2014 and I was traveling through Bali and I kept seeing this book everywhere with this mandala on it and this like human in the middle and it was this combination, it looked like a combination of different systems of esoteric wisdom. And I saw it somewhere else and then I saw someone talking about it. Then I got this thing in my email about it and I was like, okay, so I really need to dive into this. And I started diving in head first and it just took me by storm because it is such a complex rabbit hole because it actually combines, you know, we have astrology, which is based on the Zodiac constellations and all of this, but human design is a culmination of several esoteric systems and more modern wisdom. So it's, it works with the Kabbalah. It works with the chakric system, the Hindu Brahman chakra system, the nine, well, seven chakras is the Indian chakra system, but nine chakras because in human design they see that we went through a shift where we actually expanded from seven centered beings to nine centered beings so this is more of the modern take on it mm-hmm. it also includes astrology it includes the I Ching which is an ancient Chinese divinatory tool and book of wisdom mm-hmm. and it also has the 64 aspects of our DNA so it's just so incredibly complex and with something like that how they all have an overlap I was just mm-hmm. instantly drawn in Mm-hmm. And it's one of those journeys, the best kind of journeys, where there's always more to learn. But the fundamental of it is that you really are, everyone in the world is one in a million. And we've been you know, prescribed a very homogenous way of looking at life. This is what really works. This diet really works. And you just see it rampant everywhere in the world. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Relationships, health, everything. But actually, we're all so unique. And we're also Mm -hmm. sovereign. And when we embrace that sovereignty within ourselves and the way that we eat and the way that we decide and the way that we communicate, we best relate, we actually can become a powerful community of individuals. So it's a tool to just deep dive into your own, I call it your own software. Like you have this software in you and it's about learning how to turn it on. (laughs) Totally. And reprogramming it. That's kind of how I look at it too. That's the developer (laughs) in me coming out. I'm like, no, we need to defrag and reprogram and reboot. And (laughs) yeah. Totally. We are a computer, basically. We are that kind of like complex yet simple system. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like these systems do. And yeah, human design is very all encompassing in that is that it doesn't it does show the layers of complexity, like you said, of the human being and why we came. And what I loved about human design is that um, help me with the name uh, Ra-u, Ra-u- Ra-u-ru-hu. Thank you. Um, he was he was the the one the developer of this system because it came to him in downloads very dramatically, and that's a whole story. But basically, um, what is also I've come across also in studying human design is that it goes into the concept of neutrinos in this in the solar system in the cosmos, like when we're born, and it it kind of explains astrology in and of itself because people are like, well, how how is, you know, someone that's born at the same time, like totally different or whatever. And he explains the concept of this matter of neutrinos, which I mean, to hear it described, it sounds like stardust, essentially, like, don't get me into the specific cosmology of it. But like, when we're born, there is this energetic resonance that is implanted or um, that we are infused with from the cosmos. And Mm -hmm. Um, human design is just one way or a a layered way of sort of looking or interpreting that. So I love that you bring that up, that we're all so sovereign and so specific, because I feel like we are doing, that's the work that we're doing right now. Do you agree? (laughs) Like we're all sort of waking up. I think that that's what waking up is, that we're starting to understand and look within and figure out, okay, well, what reflection of the cosmos am I? What specific combination of things Mm. am I? And what is that essence? And then how do I express it? I don't know. Absolutely. And I, it's so, you, you just really made such a complex thing. So fundamentally simple with the neutrinos because it's, it is, you know, 
yes, you can be born at the same day and the same time, maybe even at the same hospital as someone else. But what about your karma? And, you know, when you look at children who are born within families, they may carry the genetic strands that their great great grandmother had, but their brother didn't carry those strands. You can really go deep with human design on an intellectual embodied level. But then it comes to this point where you get to the end of the cliff and you're like, how can I really, like you said, jump in and to surrender to what I was here to incarnate into that can go beyond my mind and I have to surrender a bit of that intellectual concept. So it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please continue (laughs) coming into it. Um, So you were describing discovering human design itself that with the, the book with the mandala, et cetera, I just wanted to confirm that. Correct. It just kept coming to you. Yeah. Fantastic. And then when did my astrology show itself? My astrology came before that. It came uh, 2000, the end of 2013, and then it really anchored in in the beginning of 2014. I was always fascinated by the Mayan cultures, and actually when I was a child, from the age of four, I just told all of my family I wanted to be an archaeologist, and I wanted to go to the ancient sites in the Mayan lands and all over the world and find ancient secrets and like these ancient treasures and discover the culture. And then in 2013, at the end of that year, um, I started. I, I came across this book called The Mayan Factor, And I got into it a little bit, but it was pretty dense for me at that time. But then when I was heading to 2014, I met this woman at a festival I was at in New Zealand. It's called Rainbow Gathering. And I was just purely living in the woods, on the ground, under the stars, no electricity, no electronics for 30 days straight. And all of these people come and share their wisdom and workshops. And I was just magnetized to this woman. I, I said, I have to talk to her. There's something about her that I need to learn and I feel like she has something for me and she has been a pioneer of the Mayan dream spell calendar for the past like 20 years of her life and she told me my sign and I just felt this like it was just like rockets launching in my heart like just this real anchoring into myself and from that moment at the start of 2014 I was just hooked and every day yeah yeah, can you explain the basics of Mayan astrology, like what, how it's how it's formulated or the structure of it? Because it's based on the Mayan calendar, correct? That's yeah. So like the lunar cycle, thirteen month cycle instead of twelve. If you can go into that, yeah, for sure. Um, and there's a distinction with the Mayan calendar because you have the traditional Mayan calendar, which is of the Quiche people, the shamanic calendar, and this is the traditional roots of the Mayan calendar and the Mayan people, and it's still used. And the calendar I work with is the Mayan dream spell calendar, which is a thread of this, but it's somewhat more applied to our modern day and age in a way that we can directly assimilate it and utilize it. It has all the threads, but a little bit of a different intention behind it. Mm -hmm. So with both of them, though, the Mayan calendar and the dream spell, it's centered around a 260-day count, which is called the Zolkin. And this is... The way that creation flows in their creation story is these two 60-day cycles. And that overlaps into our Gregorian calendar year. But yes, the Mayans did work with their 13 moons, and the dream spell works with the 13 moons. So 13 perfect months, 13 months, 28 days in each month. And the idea is that time is art. Time is purely synchronicity. Time is not an arbitrary collection of time for debts and taxes and keeping account and tracking your Monday through Sunday or Monday through Friday. It's actually, there's a perfect harmony to it and there's an evolution to it. And that's what I see with that number 13 is when we have 12 fixed months, like 12 months that are very odd in their structure and nature, it's everything, it feels like it doesn't fit. <laughs> like, so this is 31 and that's 28 and this is 30. It's just, it's so jumbled. And then we feel jumbled in our own lives. What am I doing with my life? Nothing ever works out. Nothing's fitting. But with the 13 and the 28 days in each month, there's this seamlessness. Everything's Mm -hmm. happening in perfect time. And that 13 also invites us to evolve. 12 is an even number. So it's like it just loops. But when you get 13, it's like you're taking a step out of the loop, climbing up for a new loop, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. And what are the archetypes that are used? Mm. So there are 20 archetypes. And... Some I'm of not these... asking you to list them all, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the base of it, though, is that they're between these 20 archetypes, they're split into four colors. So you can either be... And everyone's one of these archetypes, actually. Something interesting about the Mayan dream spell astrology and the Mayan calendar is that there are 260 possible signs. 
you know, we have 12 signs in astrology, arguably 13 in some different threads, but 260 and you're just one of them. So it's really so specific and so tailored. Again, that uniqueness is what I really find a lot of my passion in. So these archetypes, there's the four colors that they're deep, deeply integrated into red, white, blue, and yellow. And these have a different theme of expression depending on which one you're in. But within each of these colors, there's five tribes. So each of these tribes, it's like you could think of it as the healthy expression of your ego, the core imprint of self that you bring to the world. The Like you say, you have your tribe, it's it's your team, it's your, you know, your family, it's what you stand for together. So this archetype that you're born with really shows what you stand for and can invite you into a deeper understanding of some core pieces of yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that it's all the primary colors as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Simple. Yeah, yeah, and then white. So the color layered with the layered with the archetype gives you 260 possible combinations. It feels like as you're describing it too, it feels because all of astrology is very ancient and very tied in with you know cycles of time and the way that man has come up with way systems to understand our our universe and cosmos and and the cycles of time, but it feels very like anchored in, I don't even know. Yeah. Shamanic practice or just the, the deep, almost like psychedelic understanding of, of reality. I don't know why that seems to be coming through when you are explaining it. It feels very deep and very like in my bones, I can feel it because astrology, a lot of times, can get so we can get so mental with it yeah if we let it you know and especially now that it's coming out in the mainstream more it's talked about more i feel it's watered down a lot more you know <laughs> i mean i still feel like it's a very sacred practice of course but there is it it can be presented in this very technical way or this very mental way and there's something about hearing you describe mayan astrology that would feel like it's more grounded into us as a being, like as, as a human, you know, form, you know, just like our biological makeup. It's so fascinating you say that because you're spot on, Trista. I'd love to actually <laughs> share a few pieces of like how what you're saying is so incredibly accurate. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> so like we said, we have the four colors, which is the base, and then we have the 20 tribes. So there's five tribes for each color. But on top of that, to make the 260, there's actually 13 tones. So because there's 260 possible signs, this is a combination of the 20 tribes and 13 tones. 20 times 13 is 260. So a tone, there are these 13 tones of expression. So everyone has their tribe. For example, I'm the yellow star tribe. So my core color is yellow and my ego is this star. This That's my expression, my healthy expression. My tone is electric. So that's the way in which I allow that energy to move through me. It's on the electric tone. There are 13 of these. They're all very different. But when we look at the fundamental nature of that, 13 and 20, 13 times 20 is 260. And this is the period of gestation in which a baby goes through before being born. So it's very biological. It's the creation phase. Wow. Also, we have 13 main articulations in our body. We have 13 main joints in our body and we have 20 fingers and toes. So it's like this fractal experience of nature that's so embodied in our own bodies. So working with mind astrology for me and why I just took to it so quickly is the, the first taste I had of it was just this deep embodiment within myself. And that's this impact I see it have on the people I work with. It's just, I don't know why my mind can't conceptually understand why I'm so this or what it ignited me, but I just feel it. And it's on that real like physiological, biological felt level. Wow. That's phenomenal. I love it. Um, I want a reading now. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. So then you came across human design after after discovering mind astrology and did that just like blow your mind open as far as, because I feel like with astrology, no matter what system, even if it's embodied, it can be very conceptual. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, how do we how do we utilize this day to day? How do we use this to, in the modern age, right? Like that's really the question. Yeah. And that's why I love human design too, is because it, it is ancient, but it feels, I mean, it's the system itself 
the combination of all those systems is very new and the presentation is very new, but the, the intelligence is ancient. So I feel like it comes in at this modern time, like the, the timing is very appropriate for us to actually utilize these things in our daily lives as we go forward from here you know, makes it very relevant. I know you've talked about that before, how human design, utilizing human design to go about your daily life or like build your business or just, it's, it's such a great way to help us operate on a daily, in our, in our daily lives. Just learning the main profile, is it profiles, the four? Yeah. Um, Your types. Types. Yeah. Just learning what your type is, is so mind-blowing because you realize your energy like how your body functions what your energetic level is how you utilize your energy or how it's meant to be utilized how other people can co-opt that how how (laughs) it can be misunderstood you know Mm -hmm. like you going back to what you're originally saying you know where we are fed this very homogenous way of being and it's like if you don't fit into that say if you're a projector or something, you, you get this complex within yourself, like, well, I'm not good enough or what's wrong with me or I'm broken. Mm -hmm. But I think that human design really brings in even just with the types. And then of course there's many other layers, which I would like you to, to explain kind of what the main types are and what, what that entails. Um, It just comes in to really give us the validation to operate the way that we're supposed to be operating. (laughs) Yes. 100% aho everything you just said is like fully fully in alignment and what's what I feel as well um to me I actually see that I see it as a bit of a trinity at at least for me these are the three systems I really resonate with astrology it brings us very like it it can be very heady but it's like very it's like quite karmic something about astrology feels so karmic to me and then you have the Mayan which is like shamanic like just like the roots of your being but human design is this missing piece because it's it brings the functionality. (laughs) Yes, we can be spiritual. Yes, we can be karmic, but how can we actually allow these gifts to channel through us in physical reality? How can we find our way to communicate best and our authentic voice and our relation style and the way to eat and digest best and the way to go into business, just this real functional quality to deeply anchor yourself so that your gifts can come through, whether you're a chef or whether you're a spiritual conduit, finding your functional place in this physical reality. Yeah. Can you explain the, the four main types? Mm-hmm. There's four, arguably five. Um, I, I like to say five at times because sometimes manifesting generators can feel a little left out because you're very different than generators, but our key category, and I say key because it's 70% of the population. So it's kind of set the tone for the world is generators. You'll know you're a generator if your satisfaction is the most important thing to you <laughs> because generators are here to feel satisfaction in life to feel like yes I'm living life and I'm expanding in my light and I'm accessing my energy and through that state of satisfaction you have so much energy to give and so much energy to tap into so the generators are like the energizer bunnies because through them knowing themselves they can give so much energy to the world and just be these generators for others to just organically like feed off of but in a really healthy way Mm-hmm. ideally <laughs> ideally ideally that's why I bring up like um I because I finally realized like how much my because I'm a gen I think we're both generators pure generators yeah. right um because I realized at a certain point like wow my energy was co-opted like so many times I was just giving it away for other people's you know benefit like employers or or what have you uh, also with generators I that satisfaction what was really key for me in learning is is the instinct like from and I think, yeah, I have sacral authority, um, that instinct of mm-hmm, just that whole, that act of like, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm, you know, or the, uh-uh, like anytime I make a face where I'm like, oh, now I know like, oh, don't do that. because yeah. <laughs> Don't push through it with that energizer bunny energy because it, it doesn't work and you just get depleted and you fall flat on your face and it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> It totally doesn't work. And that's the biggest trap for generators because satisfaction is the theme of our life. We can get a bit trapped and conditioned and, you know, programmed into thinking that we are the ones responsible for bringing other satisfaction because we are deeply here to contribute our energy, but we skip that step of, ah, but first me, 
But first, is this actually in alignment with me? And what might be a no right now might be a yes later. So let me really honor my no and honor my yes, because we're not here to give satisfaction to others. And generators are most susceptible to being used, you could say, for their energy. But I, this is a bit of a contradicting point of view for some, but I think we can't give, we can't be taken from unless a part of us is actually saying yes to it as well. So it's about cultivating those boundaries of, oh, I feel my body shutting down. I actually need to tell this person I'm not available right now and I need to go rest or I need to go do my own thing. Which totally lines up with most, you know, people who identify as empaths and sensitives and, and um, you know, the healers and people that, you know, want to help others, but they deplete themselves. I would, you know, bet money that they're more than likely generators that really need to get in tune with their own satisfaction and that that is not selfish. That's not something to be ashamed of or feel guilty about that you want to feel satisfied and feel good. Like it literally it life literally is about feeling good because then you make yourself more whole and prosperous. And then you're able to, you know, share that with other people. Mm. So yeah, it's like when you were saying that it, it makes me reflect on the innocence of a child, you know, and generators very much are like childlike. It's just this pure creative energy. It's this sacral energy of creation and joy and, sensuality which is so natural in a child and what's more satisfying to see a child who's just overflowing in their yes or a child who's been reprimanded to do something for someone else and feeling awful about it mm-hmm. of course the first option and generators we actually thrive when we embrace that innocent childlike nature of letting yourself fill the fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. So how about manifesting generators then? And I agree with you. Um, The more I learn, the more I'm like, you know, I think they're just, they're manifestors. Like they have the generator energy, but man, they just may, my best friend is a manifesting generator and she just makes things, things just happen. (laughs) I'm like, how did you do that? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like a hybrid. They're a hybrid type in between the two. And I like to compare manifesting generators to like a a fine sports car that has the five-speed manual, They all they have to do is wait for that uh-huh to drop in. And then it's like they, they hit the sweet spot and they shift gears and they can speed down the runway and like soar to their goal. So for them, it's just they're a generator in the sense that they need to wait for that response. But once it comes, they turn into a manifesto and it's like, okay, shifting gears, boom, let me like speed up right now. So it's this art. So they're not fully a manifester because they need to that, have that response. But that is pretty much the theme. And I feel it speaks for itself. Just this heightened generator who can target a vision, wait for it to drop. Yep. uh Uh-huh. And then burn and then correct along the way. Say, okay, I went fast. So what needs to adjust here? They can really find a way of strategically reaching their goal. Whereas for a pure generator, it's more about this continual response to life. Ah, yes. Okay. Let me go into that until it's a no. And then there's maybe another thing. A manifesting generator has, um, they're built to go fast. (laughs) Yeah. It's more like a real fire energy. Yeah. I would say, yeah. And being a pure generator is, is yeah. Response to never mind. Oh, like a path of response. Mm, Yeah. Not not like there's the goal. I'm going to go get that, which is so, it was so hard for me to really sink into and really believe because I'm very much a visionary and I want to go there now, (laughs) but it really is about day to day, minute to minute responding to life. Anyway, I'll get off of the whole peer generator thing (laughs) because I won't be so self-focused here. Um, But yes, let's talk about projectors. I know Mm. many projectors actually, which is fascinating. How, what's the projectors? <laughs> I do too. I'm actually with one. My partner, my boyfriend is a projector. and it, Mine is too. <laughs> really? <laughs> so um, how much of the pop, what's the percentage of population of projectors? 20% of the population is projectors, but then projectors actually further divide into five categories. <laughs> okay. So there's five types of projectors. And to simply put it, for those of you who are new to human design listening to this, there are different types of inner authorities. So you can be a generator with either emotional authority or sacral authority. You can also, if you're a different type, you can have mental authority. You can have splenic authority. You can have all these different authorities, ego authority. So there are different types of projectors, but as a bulk, they are 20%. And I I say I love projectors because there's there's just this sweetness to projectors because they are so incredibly open to life. 
just like the contribution of a generator, whether you're manifesting or pure, is to know yourself so that you can contribute through your satisfying energy and contribute to the world in that way. Projectors are here to deeply know others. So really their whole life is about how can I contribute by understanding and seeing and knowing others better? Yeah, because in general, their their energy level is is lower, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not in a not in a in a disparaging way, but they're not the ones that are like, go get them, man, like get it done. You know, that's what um, the experience of my boyfriend exper- um, has has shared with me, you know, especially as a male. I don't know, like when that really yang, like go get it energy is expected of you to just like go all day long, use your, your physical, mental energy, like to achieve or whatever. He never felt that. And, and he was really hard on himself until he came across human design. And the other projectors I know feel that way too. It's like, they can't just keep up with everybody all day long. Like even if it's like for fun, like let's go for a hike. And then, you know, cause us generators are like, let's go for a hike and then go to dinner. And then, <laughs> and they're like, nah, can I just hang out at home? <laughs> How about home? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know of, um, the human design person? His name is Chetan. Oh man. Parker. Now I'm going to Parkin. Chetan Parkin. Yes. His book here, actually. Yes, exactly. That's the one we have in the destinies one. Um, yeah, he says that, cause I think he's a projector and he says, you know, it's, it's really like the recliner kind of, um, mm. approach to life. Like really they just want a good easy chair and they want to, yes, know the other types and take them in. And I feel like support them. Right. Totally. Cause I get so much support from my partner that like, I just go to him and then get recharged with whatever I need and then just go. Do you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah, I feel that totally. Um, projectors have such an interesting way of synthesizing energy in their own body and being productive. A generator is going to thrive when they're actually using their energy. When the generator doesn't use their energy, they're going to stagnate. They're going to degenerate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But for a projector, they actually become so much more efficient when they rest and sit back, find what feels good for them, get into their own flow. And then when the invitation comes from the generator, from the person who's coming to them, they can be so productive and powerful and deliver the the quality of information and energy that maybe would take someone else two days. They can do it in one hour because it's just so direct and they can see so clearly and be incredibly supportive. Yeah. I feel that support is a massive piece with projectors and that's why recognition is so important for them. They can give so much support and it's really important for projectors to be in relationships and in work situations where they feel they're being recognized for their support. And if that's not happening, it's probably showing that A, they need to somehow make some changes or B, find an exit and wait for something better to come along. Yeah, I feel like especially in business, this is a the kind of person that would be best served by being either in a business partnership with a generator or on a in a team kind of environment, like not doing not being a solopreneur essentially, yeah. not doing everything themselves. Um, yeah. they they need the the um, the motors. <laughs> to totally get done. Mm-hmm. And there's a natural exchange there. You know, the the projector will get energy from the generator. But the generator's satisfied because they've learned something and they've been supported. So you get this really clean transaction. Yeah, it feels like this, like a, a wellspring, like a nurturing kind of kind of well that you go to to cleanse and be nourished and, and get back out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Projectors are like wellsprings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one is reflectors, which are extremely rare, right? Like, yeah, well, we actually have manifestors and reflectors. Oh, okay, sorry. There's Please. two more. So yes. we'll do manifestors first because they are a larger chunk of the population than reflectors. Gotcha. Um, manifestors are 9% of the population. And again, there are subcategories, so there's different types. But manifestors are here to know their power. So manifestors in this world, it's so important for them to have a healthy connection to power and desiring, you know, letting themselves desire. I want to have an impact on the world and... I want to see what I want and I want to go after it and initiate and be that initiator, be someone who can hold power and know their own power to then impact others, ideally in a, in a positive way. So manifestors thrive in positions of power, positions of authority, but also just by going by the 
something edge of your seat or or, uh i know what you mean i think everyone else does (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just I bet when they go for it, experiment and try things out and have a vision and implement it. Maybe it fails, maybe it soars, but having that freedom to find their impact is so is they're more like yeah, they're more like the risk takers. Totally, totally. Okay, they're they're just like on the edge of the leading edge of of creation, I would think. And yeah, because that whatever they think or want just comes into being, or they can easily make it come into being without like having to really that yeah that is interesting so like by contrast with generators or even manifesting generators they're not necessarily needing to like wait and move move through things and respond with their their body or their sensuality would you say yeah so it's it's coming from the throat center but it's connected to a motor which there are these four motors in the human design chart and if the throat's connected to any motor, which is the sacral, the ego, the solar, or the root, then it makes a manifester. And it is, it's just this, I will. Like this, yeah. the throat center is manifest. I can manifest. I speak into my reality. So they decide on a vision. Let's say they want to create a business. All they have to do is figure out the right timing and go for it. And most likely they will succeed. Whether that means it's a short-term thing or a long-term thing or actually su- succeeding meant it was supposed to fail because they learned something new they will see it through and they will be successful if they initiate. And that is like the, one of the main aspects of manifestation is speaking it into existence or speaking it and, you know, believing it and then speaking it and making others believe it persuasion. Wow. I just put that together. That's interesting. I love it. Very cool. (laughs) And so then we have lovely reflectors. (laughs) Yeah, reflectors. They're so. That I really don't understand. Have you had re- any reflector readings? Yep, I've done yeah. several several reflector readings, and I also know a couple of reflectors. And my mother's a reflector, so that was a, an initiation in itself. And getting to learn about her, that was actually a huge healing piece for me with human design was to understand mm. her better. And um, because we can become very conditioned as human beings, we're incredibly subtle. And even if you're a generator, even if you're a manifester, we can pick up on programming. And sometimes we can pretend to be a type that we're not. So I got to know my mother's type pretty well because I found I was imitating it at different points. Wow. (laughs) This reflector energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's 1% of the population. Teal Swan is a reflector. Do you know Teal Swan? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what what does that look and feel like? Reflectors have zero definition in their chart. 100% open. And they're authority is actually coming from outside of their own body it's coming from their environment and from the moon so they have a lunar authority which means that reflectors are innately very tapped into the celestial rhythms the cosmic rhythms these deeper deeper rhythms of life you could think like in ancient cultures and shamanic cultures the way they would have lived life this is the ideal way for a reflector to live life not making a decision any decision that's really important for 28 days tuning in with the animals, tuning in with the cycles of nature, tuning in with auras and colors. And I feel that innately reflectors have this superpower of extrasensory ability. And whether it's tapped into or not, probably just reflects on if the person has has allowed themselves to go there. Um, so in this state, as you can probably guess, they have so much to give to the world by being these like cosmic judges who can really deliver truthful wisdom, who can reflect where we're at collectively and evolutionarily. So they're like mirrors. Exactly. Like mirrors, cosmic mirrors. Yeah. It's such a, an interesting energy to like wrap one's mind around. I would think that their, their emotions are very changeable with the moon as well. Oh yeah. Like not, not very consistent as far as anything. (laughs) Yeah, and to not hold themselves, like, for a reflector, it should be a practice for them to not hold themselves to any fixed way of being at all. Because Mm -hmm. then they just constrict their expansive nature to sample life, to fluctuate, to change, like a hummingbird. I'm going to drink this and then drink that, and then, oh, the moon's touching me this way, and now I'm being affected that way by my environment. But it is important for reflectors, more than any type, to have a healthy environment around them because they'll reflect their environment powerfully. So reflectors can really show the the highest potential for humanity when in support of community, but when in a, in a negative place or with negative impact, they can really reflect the 
ugliest wounds of humanity, which can be helpful as well, I guess, as a learning journey, but tough. Reflect the shadow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So allowing would probably be their biggest keyword or just accepting and allowing things to flow through them and not try to define themselves as, yeah, as anything, any one thing, mm-hmm. which I don't think any of us should do, but, <laughs> yeah, <true>. um, <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for taking us through that. That's, that's a great summation of the different types. And it's one of the systems that I feel, you know, like astrology that everyone should definitely go and look up and, you know, have their chart printed out and get a reputable reading with someone like yourself um, to explain these things. Because when you start to look at it, the system itself is very overwhelming. So it's, it's actually, I would highly recommend getting a reading to start out. Again, that's a great way to ground all of this very, very expansive, you know, galactic energy. It's very like galactic energy, human design, I feel. Um, but also like we said, very practical. So it's, you know, it's all of it. Microcosm, macrocosm. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's about also efficiency because I think as we go on this journey, we realize how precious our time and energy is and our focus. And by receiving any kind of reading, whether it's astrology or human design, you actually allow, you give yourself the chance to respond or to feel, okay, what am I most drawn to? And you get to strip away all this excess time that maybe would have been spent going down paths that weren't necessary to just say, ah, okay, this is what I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. For me, like that efficiency with my energy is something I really prize. Yeah, yeah too. Totally. Just to maybe switch gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you about, or if you would mind sharing a little bit about the what you've been feeling recently or the energies that we've all been feeling recently because (laughs) my God, (laughs) there's so much going on. I mean, there's always, there has been so much going on for, you know, a while now for years now, but things are very, very intense lately. I do feel one of the main, and that's why I'm so happy we're discussing these systems today. I, I feel like one of the main core points of what's happening recently, like I said, is just to come into to being exactly what we are and expressing exactly what we are and figuring, I don't like to use the term figuring out because that denotes a little bit of like thinky, but to really feel into why we're here and what we're doing. I don't know about you, but I feel like we're just in this intense bridge time, mm-hmm. transition time. I feel that so deeply, like, I mean, talk about the cycles of time and being nonlinear. I, every time I write 2019, I feel like it's the past. I, I don't know why, like, I feel like it, it's almost, we're almost in this like holding space where really our job is to learn. And that's the whole reason I do this podcast. It's the whole reason I was born really. Cause I just continually mm. learn so much about myself and then try to pass that on different techniques, you know, that may land with other people about doing that for themselves. Because I feel like that we were all, you know, we all incarnated at this specific time in order to do that in various different ways, you know, in our, our own specific ways. But yeah, I feel like there is this, I'm getting really far out there. I'm sorry. But it, looking at things in this very nonlinear, like multidimensional way, I can almost sense that we're already like on the other side and we're sort of like feeding ourselves, our current selves now, the things that we need in order to build our future selves. Like yeah. with this podcast, I don't feel like it's something new that I'm creating. I feel like that it's, I'm gathering an archive. Like, I feel like it's already an archive of all of our stories. I know that sounds really far out. (laughs) I'm feeling every single word and everything (laughs) everything beneath the words as well. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 100%, 100%. And you're speaking to a lot of what I've been personally um, having a lot of personal downloads, but also just like karmic, soulful downloads in, in particular these past two weeks and what I see is we're in this, like this quantum pocket. Yes. And I keep seeing as well, I keep looking at the date. I'm like, oh, is it like 2022 or like 2030? I'm like, oh, it's 2019. 
And we are in this, we're in this holding cell. And I feel that this is the prime opportunity right now for all of us to really take stock of how is it that we're embracing this future self that's stretching its arms out to us. And that's actually how much can we say yes to it and have that willfulness to say, okay, this, some people may find this crazy. Some people may not understand what matters more, what matters mm-hmm. more. And those choices <laughs> we make now, I feel like there's a mirror and like one hand of the mirror is like where we are currently in this present moment. And there's another hand that's actually touching against the mirror that says like, can't you feel me? I'm your future self. I am all that is possible. I'm reaching out for you to just like grasp me and understand that I'm totally there for you. So I feel we're in this quantum pocket. It's like a womb even, right? Like it's a gestation period. Like we're being created, but not yet born. Yeah. If you, if you look at it in terms of, you know, cycles of development. Yeah. Quantum pocket. I really like that. Yeah. Cause it feels like a, like a swirling of, a swirling of just becoming over and over and over and being reborn over and over and over and letting go and letting go and letting go and, and building and learning about, this is for me anyway, learning about the real nature of creation and, and that that is actually what we are here to be a vessel for. Yeah. You know, and, and love. Like what that all comes back to for me is love. Like yes, creation is love. And wherever this is what I'm becoming becoming so aware of in my day-to-day reality is seeing all the ways where I'm, I'm still not allowing my heart to just open to love, whether it's with myself or with my body or with my words or my thoughts or with other people who love me. How How to just allow love because that's what is actually – like the the little cart that's going to rocket you across. Like that's a vehicle that's going to take you to where you want to go. Yeah. And all those places where there isn't love, how to just allow that love to soften. Because with that creation, like in the womb, to me, it all comes back to love. And I know that's so cliche, but. No, it's true. Universal <laughs> love. That's what I was learning um, through the gene keys, which is part of the human design um, system. Cause I'm a creator of universal love. And so hearing the concept like the universal love is basically it it permeates everything it permeates every human it's like the basis for all that is like it's the ultimate truth if there is one you know it's something that i feel like growing up we were not it's like this shit wasn't explained to us like (laughs) like that's what is can be so difficult or so challenging is to move past. Like you said, we're so conditioned and I don't even like to look at it as a negative thing because what was needed in the past, I feel was a certain amount of conditioning. Like that was a certain time it needed to, you know, reality and evolution needed to exist within that type of that framework, that structure in order to get us to where we are now so that we could continue like, cause we're not going to, with this transition, I don't feel like it's going to be, you know, all out anarchy, like burn everything to the ground and start over. We're going to take the structures that worked. Like we're going to take the streets and, and hospitals and, you know, things like that. They just need to radically change from the inside out. Like the structures yes. that we see around us. Cause we are in human form. We are in physical form. That's what we're essentially like keepers of you know this this dimension it's how we operate Mm. well with that it's it's what I get is like this age of Aquarius that we're blossoming into and the rise of the feminine light and not a time for totally shunning and burning because that's already happened in the history we don't want to repeat that but actually like you said like innovation Mm -hmm. and community through individuality brotherhood through like eccentricity and loving yourself, loving your journey, loving your uniqueness and loving that in your brothers and your sisters. And, you know, this actually Mm -hmm. correlates with the Mayan cycles as well. The ancient Mayan calendar, they predicted that around 2013, that was when one cycle ended and a new cycle began. It wasn't the end of the world. It was a new way of doing things. And we're maybe a little bit behind track, but I have a lot of faith in what I'm seeing now in the world and in society and people like you and me and people watching this and who care about this sort of stuff, it's the shift is happening. Mm -hmm. 
the whole point of us becoming more self-aware that is the the beauty of relationship because you can't be in a healthy relationship unless you know yourself unless you love yourself <sighs> because that's our our partner or our friend is a reflection of the best parts of ourselves and so in order to be in a healthy relationship we need to work on ourselves first and work on loving ourselves first this is my mm. this is my pluto and libra coming out <laughs> like, relationship peace harmony yeah i feel like that is how you actually do become more of a unity consciousness how the age of it because the age of aquarius is about more unity and it's about what's good for the collective what is the highest good for everyone how can ev how can we how can everyone prosper and how can everyone have their basic needs met and more you know how can everyone enjoy abundance that is everyone's birthright i feel like that is the gateway or that is the key is through very intense self-awareness or through that dedication to knowing yourself and loving yourself so deeply. And that is something that in the past we grew up like not getting taught how to do that. I don't know if it's something we can be taught actually. So that's why I say I don't like to be negative about the past, but it is definitely the time. And we can tell like all of these systems are coming in to help us. Astrology is exploding. Like for even the mainstream to know an inkling about like what, is going on within them like most that's what's really great about the the younger generation right now that i'm really excited about because they they know their chart for, you know a lot of times they know their at least their moon sun rising and can you know decipher whatever they need to about themselves and just navigate their lives according to that and see what needs to change and operate from that place of knowing instead of looking out and seeing, oh, this is wrong. We need to fix this and like not reflecting on themselves. I really feel like they're a generation that is built to embody their own empowerment and to really truly know thyself, right? It, yeah. <laughs> the Oracle of Delphi was correct. Like everything comes down to know thyself and then everything else falls into place, I feel. <laughs> mm -hmm. <sighs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Praise. <laughs> That's why I wanted to have you on because I, I see you doing that and I see you reflecting that so powerfully and so bravely. Mm. That's, I think that that's why you've been very inspiring to me and many others is because you're, you're not afraid of doing that hard work because it's fun. You're showing it to be fun. You know, it's not like hard drudgery work. Sometimes it is, mm -hmm. but in the end, there is that reward. And I love that you've been sharing that and ways of doing that, that are very tangible. If you have any like daily practices or advice or anything you'd like to share for people to just continue and allow this journey to keep happening and to, to not resist it. Well, some of the biggest ones that have been there for me, one that stands out is honor the contractions because contractions are a part of the journey and um, I, I love being in the light I love being in the expansion I'm an electric star I'm a Libra you know I've got a lot of Aquarius I love just being in the light and I've got Leo but also knowing and I've got a lot of Scorpio on my chart so I'm about 60% Scorpio and it's like honor those contractions mm -hmm. see that they're actually squeezing out they're giving you this ample opportunity to squeeze out the parts that are no longer wanting to be a part of you. So when contractions come, it does not mean something's going wrong. It actually means probably that something's going right. And the expansion will come. It's not going to last forever. So that's something I remind myself daily because it can happen on a daily level and a monthly level. Um, well, usually, yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> we were talking about this last couple of weeks has been really intense because we had this full moon in Scorpio. Definitely yeah. feeling that. And yeah, it, it, there, there was more of that constriction and more of that contraction to, to go within to buzzword, but to transmute yeah. what's yeah, still totally. there because we're constant and it's, and it's an emotional journey, right? Scorpio is an emotional journey. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make logical linear sense. That process is alchemical and that happens on this very cellular emotional level that we can't, we can't put words to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely feel that. And you've probably been feeling it oh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was preceded actually for me by a massive expansion. I had this karmic moment where I met this man who was like, we have spent thousands of lives together and we just had this incredible moment. And then in the next few days I was just going down, <laughs> but down to go back up again. And I can feel that happening now. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Another piece I'd say is finding something. I think everyone has this, something that makes you feel connected to yourself whether it's painting or dancing or, or being naked or being in nature and committing to do it for yourself every damn day. Value yourself that much. Like this morning I painted for 30 minutes and I did a little bit of yoga and that just sets me up that no matter what happens, I, I'm connected to myself. I'm showing myself that I love myself and I'm there for her. So I think that that's a huge part of my practice. And for me, cacao is also involved in that. I I have cacao daily. I have a little cacao ceremony every morning and I feel fucking amazing. And there's so many collective thoughts I could have, not collective, but conditioned thoughts. But actually it just brings me so much satisfaction and therefore it actually fuels my body. It makes me stronger and healthier and more connected. So finding things you love and making them, a non-negotiable of your day, I think is massive. That just shows our dedication to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it just shows our dedication to our own evolution. And yeah, I love what you said. It's just about like letting, letting yourself be exactly what you, I don't know. I, I don't have words for it right now, but <laughs> I think letting ourselves off the hook Yes. Like letting ourselves <laughs> off of the hamster wheel mm. that we have been taught. You got to stay on the wheel. You got to stay on the wheel. You got to stay on the wheel. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to, you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you don't have to do anything you don't want to do or that doesn't feel right. I yeah. wholeheartedly believe that. Again, I think that that truth is like, coming at me there's more and more layers of that that are coming at me because I still need to let go and resolve a lot of that like there's still inner conflict about you know productivity or getting to my goal or um establishing myself in life or whatever but where did that even come from (laughs) like whose idea is is that like just being and expressing what we are is the established way You know, like that's all we have to do. And it's not, it's not self-indulgent. My friend and I were just talking about this and she said, you know, in in many ways, even if we're on a spiritual path and we're doing things in like a more focused on the energies and we're still in this physical world and that's a theme of this physical world. Are you producing? Are you ticking off your to-do list? Are you getting stuff done? Are you making your goals happen? So it's like learning, oh, wow, I can even get wrapped into that in my own spiritual or connected conscious way. So it's just like being so aware of that dynamic and yes. I totally get sucked into that too. It's, it's crazy, Trista. Um, yeah. But there's a healthy thing to it. I think it's healthy because it keeps you grounded. We want to be grounded. We want to be rooted, but not to the extent that we feel trapped by it in our minds. Yeah. No, that's so tr- oh, That rings so true because even like, even if I just try to let go and, <clears throat> excuse me just enjoy myself like yeah even in the spiritual work (laughs) what am I doing today to make myself more of myself (laughs) it can get so meta and weird I know and that's the I guess that's where my my mind has been with you know this very scorpionic dark time (laughs) or deep time Mm -hmm. is untangling those threads right untangling those knots like yeah. You really can just be, it's not about producing, producing, producing. On that note, I did kind of want to talk about if it flows, if it feels correct, because it is a passion of mine, um, because especially as an entrepreneur, especially yeah. as, and this is something I want to, I, I had new thoughts about it this morning, even the whole concept of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. I almost feel like is a misnomer at this point, like the concept of it, because aren't we all entrepreneurs? Aren't like entrepreneurship used to be the contrast to empire and, you know, giving one's energy away to a corporate structure or a company or the system for lack of a better 
better term, but like, aren't we all doing that? Like we're all kind of finding our essence and finding a way to contribute to the whole. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I, you, you had shared something about that, like in using human design and using human design as a way to know what kind of entrepreneur you are, like how to, how to build your business, et cetera, because it's not, I'm, I've been involved in the online business world for like six or seven years now and kind of seen it go through a cycle already of like, oh, freelancing and like leaving your job, but like you essentially build another job that you have to do or, or like online marketing and like selling an illusion to people that then sell that illusion to more people. And, you know, all this, you know, cyclone of BS and, I really have always, I think the passion that I have with entrepreneurship and people that are going at it alone is the fact that I think that that is more of the model of how we're going to set things up. And it's going to be more about how do I contribute, how to, and then collaborating with others in order to, you know, on projects, like instead of work contribution. Yes. 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 Where are you at with it? I love (laughs) what we're doing here together and I know I'm having a great conversation with someone with like I'm totally hearing what you're saying and when you're talking it's just shooting off these rockets inside me I'm like yes yes <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh yes sister I see and like at a base level I think it is a shift in consciousness you know we're, we're shifting from this place of um, what product can I bring to the world you know you look back in like the 50s and the 40s and it was like about selling the best cleaning products or these kind of car things. And now people aren't really, I'm sure they are in some parts of the world, but they're not really interested in that. Like, how can you add value to my life? So as we're seeing this rapid increase in people being self-employed or at least being passionate about how can I be self-employed? I think it's a consciousness shift that's going on that says, oh, no, no, I don't want to just give away my life to make enough money to have a home. Like, I want to know how can I give? How can I contribute? And I think that that's the shift that exactly like he just said, I'm probably just reiterating in my own words, but people want to know their contribution and their purpose. And I think that that's like when I think about it at the end of my life, and I, try, I ask this question to lots of people, like at the end of their life, what do you, what do you want to, what would make you feel good about your life? And it's like that I was able to like impact others and like share my heart and share my truth and really feel like I, I lived my best life. And work I think is shifting from a place of just making money to actually know how can this be soulful how can this be integrated with my reality rather than punch out and then just forget about it how can this be like a a cycle and an expression of self of growth how can I grow and how can I help others grow and how can I help us all grow that's that's one of my my things I really just want to contribute to growth yes and our and our evolution instead of the dead end of contributing to some other entity's evolution that doesn't help us, <laughs> that doesn't care um, about yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's why certain, certain concepts like, you know, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, the proposal of universal basic income, there's so many different ideas that are floating around right now that can come into manifestation. I think we've been calling that. It's like, can we just have some relief? Can we just have a new way to operate? Again, just have the space and the time and the the energy with which to really create what's what's going to be new because we can't do it in the framework that is prescribed to us. And I don't think it's being, I don't, I really truly feel like it's not, we're moving away from that prescription of go to college, get a piece of paper, get a job, et cetera. Like we're, we're really far past that. I feel like we're just kind of waiting for the tipping point of that to catch up, but it's really exciting. I don't know. It's really exciting. You hear like, young new politicians even like proposing a lot of these things and i mean my god just saving the environment or like new ideas around ecology and just taking care of the earth and like you said not wanting more stuff like we don't i think a lot of us are really moving towards minimalism and not wanting things it's not about things there's too many things here inside yeah there's too many things (laughs) like in the world and yeah, it is all about what brings real value to, to one's life. I think that that was, and that was a lesson I think that needed to be learned 
by society and by humanity that it's not about the things you can produce and the things that you can acquire because we learned that that isn't a fast that isn't a track to fulfillment yeah like really being fulfilled and human design can because I know you asked about human design and business and I find that like you said we need a new model and the old model is probably not going to work for where we want to go and human design can show you your personal model. So how you can best interact with others, how you can best market, how you can best find your authentic voice in business and all of you think these things. So it's not, you know, all of these, like there's people sell things for thousands of dollars. That's like, do this to get rich or whatever. But if you're not honoring your unique alignment, people aren't going to want to want, aren't going to want what you're offering. Cause I mm-hmm. think people, what people value is someone who's aligned mm-hmm. and we're so perceptive. Now I feel like maybe you feel that too. Like, we're becoming increasingly perceptive as a species and people can tell when someone's bullshitting and when yes. someone's in alignment. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I've, yeah, I've gone about, felt that for a while now as far as like, you know, that dirty word of marketing goes or whatever. Like, I know that people, I'm not going to be something I'm not because people can, will know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as soon as I can smell it, I'm out of there. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so instinctual now. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased with everything that was said here today. And there's so much more to talk about. I could talk with you all day. We'll have to do okay. this again. <laughs> yeah, I'd love- Let's wrap up a little bit. Unless there's anything else you wanted to share, or feel inspired to share right now. Mm. I've been feeling a lot around relationship dynamics with this, with this time period, really committing to which relationship dynamics are supportive and showing up in relationship and, I think it's a real high time to let go of maybe past patterns in relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic. Um, mm-hmm. I've been feeling that big. So if you're feeling that, if anyone else is feeling that, know that you're not alone. It's a big time right now for that. But there's a lot of hope on the horizons and a lot of mm-hmm. light, I feel, as well, that's coming through. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't, I don't, we've covered so much. It's just felt so flowing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wonderful. So, Um, For anyone that is interested in getting a reading from you, either human design or mine astrology, how can they find you online? Yep. So I have an Instagram, when the stars aligned underscore, and I have a website, when the stars aligned.com, and I have a YouTube. So that's where you can find me, but my readings you'd order on my website, and I offer recorded human design readings, and I just cover the in-depth skeleton of your charts and you've got all you need to really dive into your journey for at least a few months (laughs) and then continue on and I also offer the same for Mayan as well as one-on-ones and there's more options as well but if you just follow along and see my website you'll be able to check them all out Um, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like I said just following you on Instagram you you give some really inspiring messages and lots of lots of food for thought very nourishing nourishing that way (laughs) thank you i like to give a lot (laughs) so much goodness came out of this discussion and kelly continues to inspire me daily with her work you can connect with her online at whenthestarsaligned.com and all the links for her will be included in the show notes at tristadedman.com Thanks again for listening, guys, and remember to head over to patreon.com slash liberate yourself to find out more about becoming a supporter if these kinds of conversations are lighting up your world. Until next time, take care out there.